The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, the same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. Yeah, guys, UFC 278 coming up this Saturday. Usman Edwards, Costa Rockhold. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 235 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Hump day Wednesday, folks. Work week. Weekend's almost here. Round the corner. Almost there, guys. I have a special guest for you today. Um, He is a former Tacoma and Kelowna Rocket. And as well as the Tacoma Saber Cat of the old West Coast Hockey League, Jamie Butt uh, is here, and we uh, we talk some '90s, some good old '90s Wild West WHL action. Joey Tedder, the battles with Tedarenko and Tucker and Aginla and Terry Ryan and the sort. Um, all the W. What a glorious time period in the Western Hockey League. Um, yeah, and we and we cover it all. And uh, and and Jamie took on took all of them on. And, uh, yeah, a great fight card. And, uh, he shares some, uh, some old war stories with us. Uh, so I, I think you guys will really dig it. Um, for those tuning in, if this is your first time and you're, cause Jay, uh, for, for, to, for, for Jamie, uh, welcome. Thank you. Um, please, I encourage you to, uh, please go back and check out the, uh, the back catalog of the show. Um, I've talked to a number of Western, old Western Hockey League guys. Joey Tenerenko, Jeremy Thompson, Terry Ryan, um, you know, on Roman Volpat, Clark Wilm, um, you know, as well as John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, uh, on and on, Wade Brookbank, and uh, all the all the boys. Um, so yes, if like I said, just scroll down the back catalog, you'll you'll, you'll run into a name that you know. And I encourage you to check it out. Um, we do this show twice a week, Wednesday and Sunday. And, um, yeah, and if I, if I don't have a guest, I'll either do a solo episode where, uh, you know, I rant, rave and pick a topic and, or it's usually a few topics and, uh, you know, howl at the moon about, but, uh, yeah, um, other than that, if you're on social media, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as fourth line voice on Facebook and on YouTube, 
Uh, if you want to check out the YouTube, I have some. I have a, a bunch of Jamie's fights up on my YouTube channel, as well as plenty of other Western Hockey League fights. But I have over 2,500 videos on my YouTube channel. All the leagues are represented. Everything's sorted. So whatever league you're looking for, uh, just type it into the search engine. Boom, up it'll come. Uh, yeah, if you check it out and you dig it, subscribe to the channel. I'd really appreciate that. Um, and also, whatever platform you happen to be listening to this, whether it be iTunes or Spotify, what have you, if you could rate and review my show, I would greatly appreciate it because it helps me out in the searches. So, but other than that, guys, it's late Tuesday night. I had a long day, and uh, you know, talked to actually Jamie earlier this afternoon, and uh, yeah, so it's a pretty quick turnaround from. Uh, well, we I don't do a lot of editing anyway, but uh, yeah, it's pretty much do the intro and. Uh, Attach it to the interview and uh, upload it, and off we go. And uh, so um, I will. I will keep my intro short today. Um, other than that, I encourage you to please go and uh, not only ch- uh, check out. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Um, as well as for my off-network friends, of course, I have Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he is, uh, just about to release a new episode. Um, we'll see though. I don't want to announce it in case it hasn't happened yet, but in the meantime, um, he has been busy. They're in, uh, in the process of, uh, going through uh, home, buying a home and, and, uh, packing and getting ready for all that stuff. So life is sort of getting in the way of the podcasting. But, uh, in the meantime, I highly recommend you check out his back catalog Frank Bialois, Jeremy Yablonski, Rob Ray. Tremendous back catalog. Uh, you know, Alec does a great job. He is also on YouTube. It's the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Um, and he has just put up uh, some East Coast League fights. He just started the channel uh, right at the beginning of last year. And um, actually some of uh, Jamie Butt's son, Dawson. Um, I'm sure some of his, his, some of his tilts are on Alec's page. So, uh, yes, I definitely... Re- Recommend checking it out, the Five for Fighting uh, YouTube channel. And again, if you could subscribe to his channel, I'm trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. So if you could hit subscribe on that channel, that would be outstanding. There we have it, folks. There's the sales pitch and uh, and all that sort of thing. But how about uh, nobody tuned in to listen to me today? Um, I will shut up and get out of here. But before, actually, before I do that, um, once once again, I'm going on vacation. Once again, I'm going on vacation. Yeah, all my big three days. But uh, I will actually be going up to the lake here uh, Thursday after work. Um, be coming home late Sunday night. Um, but I will have a Sunday episode for you. I'm going to record it tomorrow and have it all queued up. So Sunday morning when you wake up and head out, head out the deck there and have a coffee and stare at the sunrise, you will have the fourth line voice on your on your phone, in your head, in your in your earbuds, um, I have a few topics I want to talk about, and uh, yes, folks, there's some people that have aggravated me on social media, so I'm going to be probably ranting and raving tomorrow uh, about a few things. But uh, so I encourage you to come back on Sunday, and I will talk to you then. But in the meantime, let's get on with Jamie. Here's my interview with Jamie Butt. Hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice, we got a special guest today, uh, down in Washington State, former uh, Col- Tacoma Rocket and Kelowna Rocket, and uh, Tacoma SaberCat, Jamie Butt on the line. Jamie, how you doing today? 
Good, man. Good, man. How are you? Very good. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, well, man, um, like I said, we uh, normally when we do these shows, obviously we will, you know, we'll timeline your your career, and we'll. But so with everything, of course, you've got to start at the beginning. Uh, where were you born and raised, and where did you play your minor hockey? Well, I was born in Richmond, BC, but I moved as a baby to Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, and pretty much that was my childhood. There was in Rocky Mountain House, all my youth hockey and whatnot was there, and then. Uh, I was about 13 years old, moved up to Sherwood Park, Alberta, and uh, stayed there for about four years until uh, I went down to the States to play hockey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, I was just looking up uh, your stats there. You're, you're, you're under 15, your uh, AAA midget stats in Sherwood Park with the Flyers. 32 games, yeah. 32 games, 74 points, and 100 pims. Yeah. Look at you dangling out there. Not bad. Yeah, some offensive talent. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Uh, I, I, did I read the roster right? Was Dave Van Drunen on that team as well? Yeah, he was. We were good buddies. Um, we were loaded. <laughs> yeah. We really were. Our, my Pee Wee Triple A team. That was the one that was loaded the most. We had Damon Lankow, Brad Signs, and then uh, both three or four more of us went on to the WHL or better. You know, so yeah, we we were quite loaded. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of, here. yeah, it's kind of a kind of a rich area for hockey for for sure. Um, well, so you head down to um, well, you said the Tacoma Rockets uh, in the Western League as a 16 year old. Um, how was uh, walking into that camp and, and and experiencing the you know the junior for the first time? And I mean, you know, the Western League. I mean that you're 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 entering the jungle. Were were you uh, and like I said, seventy two points and stuff. But did you did you kind of were you always a physical guy? Like, did you know you were gonna have to do some fighting? Yeah, I was always a hitter. Like I, I hit a lot. Um, I like the physical play. I wish I was a little bigger, but that's just what I was given. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was always physical. Uh, yeah, I've been at a, before. I went to. Uh, training cab at 16 year old couple couple little scraps you know a few scraps before i went so i had a little bit of experience i guess you could say yeah well and like and then the first year there at tacoma i mean you you played the 21 games um you know what was it um was that uh you know you come off obviously you're the big you know big scorer there at AAA at 15 and now all of a sudden you're in the western league as a 16 year old in a different country I mean, adapting to school in the United States and everything else. How did that first year kind of go? Was it kind of frustrating just playing the twenty-one games or and doing a lot of sitting or and adapting or? Well, what happened was so I, I went to training camp. Well, to go back, kind of what you're saying, and I definitely was a little nervous. You know, I'm a little hundred and sixty-five pound, five eleven kid going in, and we. Uh, few of the ex few of the vets met in Edmonton and I traveled down with uh Dennis Pinfold and like Trevor Fraser and another guy named Toby Wise how we all traveled down and and I and Trevor Fraser he played I played with him for two three years and then and he was a monster like he looked like a bodybuilder like Tony Twist style you know and I was like, holy shit, am I going to have to deal with these type of guys in the dub, man? I'm, what am I get myself into, you know? <laughs> so 
went to training camp and training camp went pretty good. Um, I don't think I ended up in any fights in training camp, but then, uh, made the team came down to Tacoma and, uh, they were doing the physicals and I guess I ended up with a hernia, had a hernia. So I was, uh, out till Christmas. So that's kind of part of the reason why I only had 21 games. And then when I came back, my first game, I actually, we were playing against Spokane and we actually, I think at that time broke the record for, uh, the most penalty minutes in a game. There was, uh, I think like maybe two players left on each bench. (laughs) It was, it was crazy. That was my first game of the WHL and, uh, I got booted as well, but I ended up with like a goal and two assists in my first game in the WHL. And I was like, dang, this is going well so far. (laughs) And then, uh, we were hot as a team. I think we broke the record that year for most home wins in a row. And, uh, and then, yeah, then after that, I kind of got stuck on the fourth line, sat in the stands a bit. So it was a little bit of a roller coaster year, I guess you could say. Yeah, well, like you said, yeah, 24-game 20, home winning streak. Yeah, Tacoma had there. and uh, But, man, I was just looking at your team, like you said, with the with – the, I mean, the, the WHL was so stacked back then with toughness. And, I mean, you know, not only, you, have, you know, Alan England and Sakura and, and Varga and Jamie Black and this, you know, those guys, but – um, you know, you also have like like you said, Dennis Pinfold, Dave McMillan, Dallas Thompson. Um, you know, in in terms of in toughness, um, Tr- Trevor Fraser, like you said. Uh, so Tacoma certainly didn't lack on toughness. Did uh, did any of those guys kind of pull you aside and give you some tips? Uh to be honest with you, no. I kind of just learned on my own. To be honest with you. Um, McMillan Macker, he was a great leader, but he kind of he he mentored me just as player wise and what to expect and whatnot. But as far as scrapping goes, eh, I didn't get much help. I just kind of learned on my own. Yeah. Um, how did how did you? Well, and then of course your the coach there is Marcel Como, and the assistant coach was Don Clark. Um, how did you get along with those guys? Oh, Donnie's a good guy. He's pretty. Uh, He's pretty hardcore, like you don't mess around type guy. Yeah. Uh, but he he's hard on you, but he would respect you in, in, you know, the same. Like, he loved my style of play, and he was always good to me. Marcel was kind of a just straightforward coach. Like, he, he didn't really talk a lot with the players too much. <laughs> but other than that, you know, Marcel's kind of intimidating off the start because I was young kind of coming in, so – just the way he presented himself I was like, gosh, this guy's hardcore, you know, but Donnie was, he was, uh, more passionate, you know, and talked to the players more and, and, uh, he really liked the rough and tough play for sure. Yeah. Well, for a fairly new team, I mean, you guys, you know, you finished second in the West that year, um, behind, uh, Portland and just kind of, uh, you know, going through the different rosters in the West. I mean, you know, just, um, like we were saying, like lots of lot, obviously it's a lots of talent, but I mean lots of toughness too. And just in Portland, I mean, you know, you got uh, you know playing against uh, Adam Deadmarsh and and uh, of course Kale Hulse and Brad Symes. Well, you know Symes, obviously you two were rookies at the same time, but of course also in Portland at the time was John Baduke. That's funny. I was just going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. Quick story about that one is we're at Kimberly for training camp. We're playing them in. Uh exhibition game and i'm a little 16 year old rookie and they made us wear the fish bowls uh for exhibition 
and uh, skating around in warm-up, and uh, John Baduke skates across the red line and goes, keep your fucking head up, fishbowl, you're fucking done. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> yeah. He was it, a tough, he's definitely tough. Oh, yeah, yeah. But coming as a 16-year-old and seeing these major, major tough guys was like, is a, you know, it's kind of takes you back a little bit as a young guy. Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, well, talk about a little intimidating. Like you said, you got Baduke yelling at you and, you know, Kale Hall staring at you. And it's like, and they're all huge. It's like, yeah, come on, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, well, and of course, during your time in the Western Hockey League, of course, this was sort of the beginning of, you know, the the beginning of the Kamloop Blazer dynasty, I guess, so to speak. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, going in there and playing those guys. What was it like playing, like, Darcy Tucker and Tyson Nash. And I mean, this, your first year is also Shane Doan. He's playing as a 15 year old and you got Chris Murray and you know, like what was it like going into Kamloops and playing those guys? It, I mean, they were hard to, they're obviously they were loaded and we'd go in there and we'd be doing all right against them. We'd have a lead, you know, and we're like feeling pretty good about ourselves. And then they had something, I don't know how they did it, but they would just score their goals in, like, bunches. They'd score, like, four or five goals in, like, seven minutes. It was just crazy. And I got sick of hearing that stupid song they always played there after score for like, taking care of business or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they would just score in spurts. It was, it was something else. But, yeah, Tucker is there. He's lighting it up. Yeah, yeah, they were just loaded. Ginlo was there, you know. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Would, uh, well, we, we, we blamed it on the, we stopped in hope for, uh, for our pregame meal. So we blamed it on the turkey dinner they'd always give us, make us tired, you know. <laughs> gotta, hey, it's gotta be something, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, well, then you, like you said, then, right? You, you travel down the road. Now you're going to Seattle. And, uh, I gotta ask you, because of course he's a fellow, fellow Sasky, of course, played on the back end there, uh, Brendan Witt. And Brett Duncan, oh, yeah. and what was it like, you know, those two patrol the blue line? Yeah, they were quite the duo. I, I was I think I was 16, and I got in a scrap with Wit. Yep. And I was learning then. He he pretty much got the better of me, I would say, on that one. And then, yeah, Dunks, uh, it's funny, as me and Dunks are really good friends this day. Um, in fact, we'll see him this weekend, but... uh yeah, I remember in one game it was our home opener and there's a line brawl and and uh we were on the penalty kill and a line brawl started out and then one of our guys was kinda of getting two on one so I kinda of jumped the bench. <laughs> and uh from what I heard, uh, Duncan jumped on the ice but uh but coach grabbed him and let him go, so I guess I was kinda of lucky on that one. <laughs> yeah, he he was a bad dude, man. I know he uh and some of those uh, bad dude, but this guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know in some of those like best in the West polls and stuff. I know he won best fighter the one year. I know, um, yeah, and I think Kale Hulse won it the next year. But yeah, it was uh, man loaded. Nasty, nasty lefty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and like you said, then of course you were talking about Spokane earlier, and I mean, you know, of course this is the first year. You know, Valerie Burry's in the league. Yeah. 68 goals and all that. Was he, uh, obviously he lived up to billing. What was it like playing against him? I ended up on the ice with him a couple times. I don't know how, but I did. And he, 
he could fly, man. He was so fast. He could fly. Yeah, he was a good player. I mean, he, yeah, he could just fly up the ice. I couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, well, and then of course, like you said, they got you know Paxton Schulte, Brian McCabe, um, you know, uh, well Bednar for a little bit uh, before they traded yeah. him to Medicine Hat. Aaron Bowl, guys like that. Um, well, and then. Kevin Sawyer, Dad Kopech, Jezolowski, Dion Darling. It's like, you know, Sean Byrne. It's like, where does it end? Yeah, that was the thing. It seemed like every time we played them, there was at least two line rolls, it seemed like, especially when we went into Spokane because their, their fans are crazy there. And so they, it just seemed like there was fight after fight after fight. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, they're all good, though. I mean, we, we hung in there with them scrapping-wise, though. It was always a, but we always knew going to Spokane, it's it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like as as far as like uh, just you know in your in your travels uh, throughout the league, what was your uh, what was your favorite rink to play in on the road? Favorite rink, Spokane. Yeah, 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 yeah. The atmosphere in there, the fans. There was just they had to put a tarp over our bench because they'd be throwing stuff at us. <laughs> That was probably my favorite barn, the old barn, the old one. Yeah, what was your uh, what was your least favorite place to play? Oh, Brandon. Yeah, wow, yeah. What a the cattle trough or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, I would say, but I only didn't have to go there much. But I'd say on our uh, on the west side, I, I thought everywhere was pretty good for the most part. I didn't mind anywhere on the west, so. All the all the barns were pretty decent. In in terms of um, yeah, just kind of just kind of going on that. So after your first year, um, you know, uh, you know, you're obviously you, you know you come back the following year as at the seventeen year old. What kind of a did they? Uh, I don't know how do I put this. What what kind of adjustments did you kind of have to make, or that they kind of tell you? I, you know what I mean? Like, did you? Because I, I guess the point I'm trying to get at is like, the next year you show up, you, you know, you played the 64 games and you had like 214 minutes. You're doing a lot of fighting. Was this something you sort of set your? Did it just sort of happen, or did you sort of look around thinking, well, if I'm going to get more ice time, if I do, if I fight more, is that like, was it a conscious decision on your part to fight more? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think they really wanted to need to be a full-blown scrapper but yeah i kind of did it myself i did some really hardcore training in the off season and i put on like 20 pounds over in the off season and you know i needed some weight on me because i was pretty skinny you know and the way i play i I can't be at 165 pounds you know (laughs) so put on some weight and i got into training camp and i just i don't know i just fell on top of the world and anyone even touched me i was just trigger happy i was wanting to scrap you know i think i had three or four scraps in training camp and i was doing pretty good in them so then i just kind of filtered into the season where i was just like all right i I just had a problem with backing down from anyone so i just ended up it's my fault i just ended up fighting too much (laughs) yeah like i was gonna say like well, like you said, you you come out of like minor hockey, you're a goal scorer basically, and now you're you're starting to fight more. Is it? Um, do you kind of look back on it and just sort of like, 
I regret's a strong word, but you know what I'm saying. Do you kind of like think yeah. that maybe I should have dialed it down a little bit and worked on the scoring? Most definitely. I, you know, I think I don't know how many fighting majors I had in my 17 year. I think it was over 20, I think. And yeah, maybe I would have liked to cut that in half and, you know, concentrated more on, you know, playing more and stuff like that. Cause once you get labeled as a scrapper, you kind of get shuffled into the weeds sometimes. So that's kind of what happened. And that's at least what I felt happened. And yeah, I kind of regret that maybe fighting a little too much as far as fighting too much, but as far as the fighting goes, I don't regret any of it. I loved it. You know, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and you, you know, going through, you know, a lot of the fights are on YouTube and stuff like that for anybody list. If you want to check it out, fourth line voice on YouTube, I got a whole bunch of Jamie butt fights on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, um, yeah, I mean, you certainly had your, you know, ever like, again, as we're going through the rosters, I mean, there's certainly no, no, uh, shortage of dance partners. Um, but in terms of uh, Tacoma here in your second year, um, you know, you, you, a couple new additions. Uh, one of them was a rookie from Humboldt, uh, Kyle McLaren. What, what did you think when you first started playing with Kyle? I didn't know anything. I was just tall, skinny guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, I thought he was going to be a good D, man. You know, he, had the, he was tall. He had a good shot. You know, they – and I, you know, I heard they had high expectations for him, so – I knew he was going to be a good player for us. I, I was going to say, did you, did you foresee 700 NHL games out of him? <laughs> no, I did not see that. Especially and being Ray Bork's, you know, D, D partner for a bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, for sure. Yeah. Kind of a wild uh, wild trip. Um, another guy was a, a tough guy from, from Sherwood Park. Trevor Carnes showed up. Yeah, another good buddy of mine. He showed up there for that season. Tough, tough little bugger for sure. Good guy. He lived yeah. up in Edmonton. We lived down my way for a while. We actually, me and him, coached both our boys together in hockey and stuff, and we we're good buddies. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of the guys that settled here for a while, we all kind of hung out and hooked up together and drank beers and all that. Yeah. Well, oh, and I forgot. Yeah. Well, I guess you guys came in together, and you know, you got lots of Saskatchewan boys in this team. Of course, Tyler Prasovsky from Saskatoon. Yeah, he uh, he was my uh, roomie my 16 year old year. We had to stay in the same bedroom together, which kind of sucks if you know what I mean. I do. And uh, and but yeah, we roomed together that year. I didn't have a vehicle, so he carted me around all year, which was good. <laughs> but yeah, he was a he's a heck of a player as well. He's like you know, he didn't fight a lot, but when he fought he was he was good. He had a he had a, he was a pretty good fighter when he fought, so Yeah, he actually, you know, solid player. Um unfortunately, you know, the kind of the injuries cut a hold of him too in junior, but uh you know, pretty decent minor league career. Yeah, I know I grew up playing baseball and stuff with Tyler. He's a good dude. Um yeah. doing well. But uh yeah, man. Well, like you said, go, going through some of your fights, I mean, uh, you know, you had a really good... I saw the one on video I was watching the, last night was uh, with Weimer. That was a good one. Jason Weimer. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, that was a good one. Um, he was actually, when I was talking about that game in Kimberly there when Baduke was chirping me, I got in a fight with Weimer, and I think that was besides, you know, a couple beer league scraps in the offseason, I... I fought him and I was doing good. And then he, uh, 
I think he probably got the better of me there, but that was probably my defining fight because I, I guess you say I took a little bit of a beating, you know, black guy, the whole works, and and uh, that's what uh, changed everything for me is that fight. You know, after that, I learned so much from it moving forward. But yeah, and then we didn't fight till I don't know, it was at least what three years later or something like that. And yeah, that was a good, it was a good scrap. Yeah, I think. Um... Did you also? I believe this on on the uh, on the trip out uh, up out east. I, I believe you fought Mark Raider in Saskatoon. Did you not? <laughs> I actually fought him when he was in uh, Try. I think. Okay. Big guy. Yeah. Huge guy, right? Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah, a little sixteen-year-old there going against that guy. That was, that was smart. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, like you said, this is, uh, you know, as we kind of, kind of go through the league and, and again, we, we talked, this was the, you know, um, you know, Cam Loops, you know, they go 50 and 16 and, uh, you know, they Nat Dom and Kelly and Tucker and all them and Nash. But then, of course, there's, uh, like you said, from Edmonton, the 16 year old shows up named Jerome McGinley. Um, and I know you had some battles with him over the years in the Western Hockey League. What was it? What was it like seeing his development and playing against him at at the junior level? Well, I actually played because uh, he's from St. Albert. And yeah, sure. So we played against each other, and uh, so I kind of was familiar with him already. And uh, I think we played at least two or three years against each other. And, and uh, yeah, the well, he was a year younger than me, but I think I was like third and league scoring or something like that and he was like ninth and I was like well there that shows what I did with my career <laughs> but uh yeah when he got the canvas and he started really I mean he just came into his own and obviously we know the rest is history of that player so yeah I was gonna ask you when I brought up their names before but <laughs> how annoying was Tucker were Tucker and Nash just verbally just Tucker was the worst. Nash never bothered me personally too much. He's from Sherwood Park as well. But I never really got mixed up with Nash a whole lot. But, yeah, Tucker was, yeah, he was, uh, you want to kill him. <laughs> you know, he's he's very agitating, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. And it's like even now, I mean, you just look at 52, you know, 140 points. And, and I mean, I'm sure he's running his mouth the whole time and not afraid to stick you. And, you know, and just, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't imagine how annoying he'd be to play against. Yeah, he was really annoying. Great player, though. Yeah. I uh, met him years ago. Great. He's a nice guy. I met him years ago and we bullshitted a bit. And um, when we were... Uh, when we were, he was in Montreal. He was drafted by Montreal. I was in New York, and we had a rookie game against them. And there was a little big scrum in front of the net, and Tuck, me and Tucker pushing each other. I'm like, let's fucking go, let's fucking go. And I push him, give him a little another shove, and he flops, you know, on the ice. There I am, gone for two minutes. I'm like, that's just the type of stuff he did, you know. Drove me nuts. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's kind of Tucker to a T, right? Um, yeah, I should have better. Well, and then of course, you know, again, we go back. I was going to ask you about Portland. Um, and you had mentioned you, obviously you played, you grew up with them and, and everything was, um, Brad Symes, um, like the late Brad Symes, unfortunately. Um, 
How how badass was that dude? Like I got some old Portland fight tapes, and he's just smoking guys on there. Oh yeah, yeah. We played together in Sure Park, and he was always—I mean, he—he he was always the biggest guy, you know. And he had a back then he was like a cannon of a slap shot for his age, and and then yeah, then we both ended up in the dub, and and uh, yeah, he had some good scraps. Him and Harrington had probably one of the better, best ones I've ever seen. To be honest with you, yep. That was uh, both of them were <laughs> black and blue after that one, but. Yeah, tough guy, man. He was tough. Great D-man, too. Yeah, it's very unfortunate what happened, that's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, uh, yeah, just kind of moving down. Another uh, big dude that, uh, you know, they they traded for him from Lethbridge, and he comes out to Spokane with Brant Myers. Do you have any run-ins with Myers? No, never did. Um, he was uh, most, when I played against him, he was mostly in the East. Uh, I didn't really see him a whole lot in Spokane, but no, never had a much of a run in with him, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just looking, right? They have like, you know, they got Pop and Myers and Sawyer and, you know, um, yeah, it's weird. Kevin Sawyer seemed to be like he was in the Western Hockey League for like 10 years, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he was, uh, I never had any runs with him either, but yeah, he, he was a, he was a very tough man, and he ended up with an okay career, so that's good. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, this year in ninety three, ninety four, of course, this is the uh, the sixteen year old year for uh, you know for uh, for both, as you said, Damon Lankow and Terry Ryan in Tri City, and uh, oh, and BJ Young on, on all three of them would go on to have obviously well Lankow with a great NHL career, but the three of them would have great junior careers. Um, what was your, what were your first run-ins with, uh, with old TR like? Uh, I think we might've scrapped. I'm not sure. I can't, I think we might've, but you know, he was a great player. Um, you know, I just, I usually wasn't all on the ice when he was, <laughs> so I didn't, but he, uh, but he was really fun to watch. He, you know, went, what he went in the first round, I believe. Right. Yeah. Eighth overall yeah. to Montreal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. And I mean, you know, Terry's all over social media and he's written the books and, and you know, and he's pretty self-deprecating, you know, of tales of a first round nothing and all that stuff. But I, and I think it really, he kind of undersells and I don't think people understand how good of a junior player he was. He was awesome. Well, yeah, he was. He was a great player for sure. Good guy too. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, well, and another guy that started, of course, uh, that you would end up being teammates with at the time, uh, Sheldon Surrey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got some stories that I can't say on the air about me and him. <laughs> well, do you have any stories that you can tell on the air about Sheldon Surrey, though? Well, again, there's yeah, another guy, like we talked about McLaren. When you looked at Surrey, did you see an NHL career out of that guy coming? Uh well, I knew. See you here again. I knew him before we went to the to the dub. He uh, it was like he was. I was friends with him and Damon Lankow and this other guy named Curtis Cardinal. And he played for the Hat for a little tiny bit. And uh, no, I didn't either. But then uh, once he got to, he was in Tri Cities there. And then I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's good. I kind of. Then I started seeing it, and 
Uh, yeah, it was my last year of junior. I, I stopped playing at Christmas because I had back injuries and I was going to pretty much pack it in. But then I ended up coming back for playoffs and they had traded for him and we're in Kelowna together. So we just kind of, we me and him kind of hung out a bunch together. And, and uh, fortunately we lost in the first round. And But uh, he had already signed his contract with New Jersey at that time. So let's just say he picked up the bar tab after... Uh, after we lost out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, well, what a great career, too. I mean, uh, definitely took, uh, he, he kind of, you know, one of those, I guess, late bloomer types, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was always good. Me and him were in some tier two camps together and stuff. And, and uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I knew he was good and I knew he was drafted. And so he, once he came to WHL, he kind of just, you know, he just took off again. He just had that cannon of a slap shot, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it's like anything, right? You just it's the opportunity, right? Get, be given an opportunity and then, you know, making the most of it. Yeah, given the opportunity, be in the right place at the right time with the right coach. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, and of course, in in Victoria, um, there's a couple names here: Clayton Catelier and. Matt Van Horluck, who I know you had a few run-ins with, old Van Horluck, or with both of them. Yeah, both of them. I think Catelier, man, it seemed like every time we played each other, we fought. But I don't know. I think we probably fought like five or six times. And Van Horluck, yeah, it was probably at least four or five times. And uh, just, you know, both we were all pretty much pretty close in size, so they were just battles, toe-to-toe, freaking good scraps. You know, like we, me and Tatelli fought so much, we became friends that we hook up after a game. He's like, "Oh, you got me on that fight." I'm like, "Nah, nah, you got me." And it's kind of funny. Good guy too. Well, there was another guy on that team, Rhett Tremblay. Uh, before he, of course, he was in Victoria before he ended up in Saskatoon. But uh, did you ever have any run-ins with Rhett, the Golden Rhett, as he was called here? No, I did not. I know he was. Uh, the year before I came to Tacoma, he was in Tacoma for a minute, I guess. Yep. And uh, he had some off ice problems, and I guess. And then, uh, but yeah, I never had any run-ins with him. No, it was mostly Van Horlick, Coutelier, and then you know a couple other guys. <clears throat> At this point, as you're sort of making your way around the league, you know, and like you said, you you know, you had all the you know twenty plus fights and stuff. Who was your sort of like when you when you Play like who did you not like when you were playing against them? You're like you got up for it. You're like I'm going to kill this guy. Was there any just one guy that you just had it in for? Uh, well, probably Tucker, but you know he was a goal scorer, so I couldn't do much about that. <laughs> but that's probably it. I, other than that, I just you know fighters end up just having common respect for each other, you know, and. So it wasn't really one guy in particular. I'm just like, I hate this guy. I'm going to kill him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's probably most of the time, it was probably the guys that wouldn't fight anyway. It's probably the guys that were probably the most annoying. Yeah. Mouthpieces really bugged me, but (laughs) you know what they're trying to do. They're just trying to goat you in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, after this season, like you said, 64 games at 21 points, 200 minutes, um, you were drafted in the 11th round by the New York Rangers. Yeah. what I mean, 
What was that phone call like? That had to be quite the thrill, obviously. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, I was living down in Tacoma in the off season with my girlfriend at the time, and and uh, I wasn't expecting to get drafted, to be honest with you. And my girlfriend was in the middle of moving, and so her phone line was disconnected, and that was pre-cell phone era, obviously. And then uh, so I said, oh, you know what, I'm just going to call my dad, my parents, and just, just in case. So I went to a Denny's payphone, called my dad, and he's like, did you hear, did you hear? I'm like, no, what? He goes, you got drafted. I'm like, no way. You know, he's like, yeah. And then he's like, guess who, guess who? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, just guess. And I'm like, thinking it was going to be the, for some reason I just thought the Oilers because he's asking that and that was my team growing up, you know. And and he goes, no, I go, well, just fucking tell me. <laughs> and he told me the New York Rangers. I'm like, whoa, they just won the cup. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, this is surreal. You know, that was, I will say it was pretty, I was on cloud nine, luckily. Even though it was the 11th round, I didn't care. I was I was happier than pig and shit. Oh, who gives a shit what round, man? That's still, that's the NHL draft. You got drafted. I mean, that's like, yeah, how many how many guys can say that? Not many. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, so, yeah, like you said, you're on cloud nine. You're drafted by, like, yeah, Stanley, the defending Stanley Cup champs. Um, did you go to, like, a rookie camp or did you go to main camp? How did that I work? Went to- I went to two main camps. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was that? Yeah, well, yeah. So you got to, you have to have some stories from walking into New York Ranger camp. I mean, you got Messier and Leach and Graves and Kiprios and Koser and Karens and Langdon and all these guys sitting there. What, what was that like? Oh, I was scared shitless. I'm not gonna lie. Well, yeah, you know? yeah. You know, like certain players that grew up idolizing like Messier and that, and all of a sudden I'm on the same surface. It was like okay, is this a dream, you know? Like, it was something else. Yeah, I got there, and they are doing the the initial uh, meeting before training camp, and we're all walking through the area. We're supposed to know. I was looking the other way, and then I just ran into someone, like, really hard, like, boom. I turn around, it's Adam Graves. And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, man. And I'm like, well, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was like a deer in headlights, let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, like, and how were like, like Messier and those guys? Did they kind of just like, I mean, they kind of know you're going to be coming and going, and they didn't really pay much attention to the young guys, the rookies, or did they kind of did they mix in with you guys? And and how was that? Was there a separation, or did did they mix with you guys? Oh, I could tell you who the good guys were to the young guys, and I could tell you who the not so nice guys were to the young guys. But well, hey, let's, let's... it was great, Robitaille was great he would you know me and Purrington were sitting down for lunch and Robitaille comes and sits at our table and says I'm buying you guys lunch and then they sat there and told us a bunch of stories which was pretty cool you know Joey Kosher was great he was my liney in training camp for a bit and he was a really nice guy you know those those guys Adam Graves was really good to the young guys like those guys were really really good especially Messier you know being as big wheelie was he was still he was good to the young guys, which was nice. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're gonna, you can't leave us hanging. You got to give us a couple names. Who were who some dicks? Uh, Buka Boom. I was personally, I don't know, he might be a good guy, but personally, it was Buka Boom and Eddie Olchek. They were, they weren't nice <laughs> to the young guys at all. Oh, and Pat Verbeek. He wasn't very nice either. 
Well, there, there. Well, there you go, folks. Did you, did you, uh, did you go searching for them in in, uh, in the inter squad games? Did you get? Did well, they believe it or not, they gave it a no fighting rule in training camp. Really? It, yeah, it didn't necessarily work, but yeah, they kind of gave that rule, which is kind of surprising, but it still happened. I don't that 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 training camp. I, I was looking back at it on there. I was like, man, there were some tough. Tough, tough guys like like all around it was like even the junior guys like bolt was there yeah you know Burrington and eric cairns because the old guys and the dub guys kind of hung out and so we hung out like bolt and cairns and uh you know a couple other of the old guys and then there's like me and Purrington from the dub and another one of my teammates adam smith was also drafted by the rangers as well it's kind of weird that three of us from the same team were in New York training camp together, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great experience. That's for sure. My claim my claim to fame is, and it's the only claim to fame I got is I I went shelf on Richter. I don't know how, but I did. <laughs> well, hey, there you go. Um, did you ever? Well, Langdon was there too, right? In Kiprios. Yeah, they were both there. Langdon actually sat next to me in the dressing room and very quiet guy in the dressing room for sure, but uh he was a good fighter. <laughs> yeah, like did you have any like did you have any Andrew Bush, Andrew Bush was there too. Oh there was my yeah, was, you're reading my notes here. What uh yeah, like well that sucks that there was did you get into any fights though? I know you said there was no fights, but did you try or get into any? Not in the uh, inner squad games, but in the rookie games, yeah, a lot, quite a bit. Did you? I got you. I fought BJ Young, and he's not really much of a scrapper, but I fought him. But yeah, I had quite a few scraps both years in training camp. As soon as we got all the inner squad games, it was it was did, on like Donkey Kong. Did you try Bolton? Uh, well, he was a, no, because we were we didn't. Well, that's funny you say that. Um, well, we hung out with them, so we, for some reason they had us at the end of practice doing two-on-two full ice for like uh, two minutes straight. So you can imagine how gassed you are. Well, me and Bolton kind of mixed up on the hit together, and we kind of stared at each other and stared at each other. I'm like, I just looked at it, I go, he just looked, we both know, we're like, I'm too tired, man. I'm too tired to scrap, you know. But, no, never had a run with him. I, I think Purrington and him went in uh, – in the inner squad games. That was the one that they were the first ones to have a scrap in the inner squad to break the rule. Well, I mean, I mean, I know, and obviously, um, you know, in 94, 95, you come after your first, you got drafted after your first year, you're, you come back, uh, to Tacoma, 94, 95. And this is when, uh, you play with Purington. Um, well, I mean, you've you've talked about him a little bit here, but I mean, everyone sort of has like the Dale Purrington story, right? Um, you know, and I think he, in a lot of cases he's probably, from what I've been told from people, he's probably a little misunderstood. I mean, probably some of the stuff he, you know, you know he, you know he earned it, his rep for sure. But uh, do you, what what do you do? You have any stories of Dale Purrington, and uh, what are your thoughts on him? Well, we were friends. You know, we were. We, uh, yeah, you're right. He's, he's, I, he's, I'm, we're all crazy, but he's, he's crazy to a different level for sure. And, uh, me and him, uh, kind of were the scrappers that year. And, uh, 
I was in and out of injuries a lot, so he was doing a lot of scrapping. And uh, I actually kind of got into it in one practice there once. But uh, I do have a story about him, but which ultimately uh, got him traded to Lethbridge. Me and him got some, and another teammate got in some trouble uh, one night. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's when he ended up getting traded because of it. So. But it, he, I talked to him after. He says he was the best thing that ever happened to him because he ended up playing for Brian Maxwell, and you know that's the perfect coach for, you know, for a player like Purrington. Well, Lethbridge had that hell of a run that year too. Yeah, they did. They were good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it. Um, I would say with Purrington, it was almost like I always say he came like I, I think he came around a decade too late. Like, if he had played in the 80s, he would have fit right in, I think, in the NHL. Like, with his level of craziness and just what willing to do anything, I think it would have fit better in the 80s than it did in the 90s. And... Yeah, he, uh, I was surprised he made as long as he did just because of the fact, like, he was in junior and and his hands were already mangled. He already had a surgery on his hand. I'm like, he's not even a junior yet, and his hands are just a mess. So... Must be good surgeries then. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, well, like you said, and, uh, well, you had mentioned it earlier. Yeah, that fight with, uh, him and Brad Symes. Uh, it's on YouTube, folks. Check it out. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was the one where the, uh, TSN had a big thing on him saying that, uh, he was using, uh, tough skin at the time that people use. And, so there's a big investigation if he was using tough skin or not on his hands. He wasn't. I'll I'll test to that. He was not using tough skin. So he's falsely accused. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I've had a few guys in the show that did use tough skin. They were looking at the wrong guys, I guess. But uh, well, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I used it a bit. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And in terms of that, like just back then, I mean, you know, um, you know, you had guys that. You know, because there was the no tie downs, and you know there was guys doing lots of different stuff to the helmets and to the jerseys and stuff. Did you do any jersey alterations? I just didn't wear a tie down. I like to get undressed. Yeah, and I just kind of had my own style. You know, it was a little—I don't think it was a little different than how everyone else did it. You know, but uh, yeah, I just liked—I didn't like wearing a tie down at all. So I just kind of. I'd like, yeah, I just like to get undressed and then start chucking. There you go. Um, well, kind of going through this season, like you said, you were kind of banged up a little bit. You just played the 44 games, but, uh, um, I just kind of looking at Seattle's roster and, uh, a couple of the guys that were, uh, new to the league at this time, um, you know, you had a few run ins with were, uh, Paul Ferrone, former guest of the show. People check out that interview. Great interview. Uh, Paul Ferrone and Lloyd Shaw. Yeah, I remember them both. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say you had a few run-ins with. Uh, did you ever fight Ferrone? You know, I don't think I did. Someone said I did, but I don't. I, you, sometimes when you're in so many fights, you kind of forget who you fight. Yeah, we. I think we. I think we possibly might have. Not for sure, but but I know me and Shaw just went at it a couple times. Shaw's got the better of me there on one of them for sure. Well, like we were saying, right, that's a large human, that dude. He's a big guy, and I mean, I got some of those Seattle fights, and he, he laid some some beats to some dudes. Um, 
he's tough. He, uh, I will say, I think that was probably my only real, real bad loss in my whole junior career. And yeah, he, uh, he got me pretty good, <laughs> but I wasn't going down. Well, you were telling me before we got going, I was talking about Lloyd Shaw. Uh, you were saying, did you guys, uh, your last fight was in beer league? Yeah, we had a little tussle in beer league. It was, we were friends at the, we were friends and, I don't know, just things kind of happen. And then when we dropped them, we're like, what are we doing? But then we're just at the point of no return, you know. So it was it was just, you know, it was a lot of grappling and stuff like that. But we uh, we had a beer afterwards, so we're good. <laughs> there you go. Um, there there was a character that played briefly in Seattle at this time. He played 29 games. And I always like to ask, he's sort of a, there's, there's a lot of mystery about this guy. Did you ever have a... Yeah, Calvin Crow. I knew you were going to say that. I never fought him, but it seemed like him and Purrington went at it every single game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never fought him, but yeah, him and Purrington just went at it. And he used to, yeah, he, he hung in there good, too. He was tough, but yeah, he didn't last very long, though. No, I think there was, you know, uh, there was some, uh, yeah, some off-ice issues as well um, uh, with with Calvin. And, um yeah, well, of course, you ended up in the SJHL and set all sorts of penalty minute records. But, uh, right. Yeah. For those wondering, yes, Kelvin Crow had 700 minutes in penalties in one season in the SJHL, which is the most penalty minutes I've ever heard anybody getting <laughs> anywhere. Um, well, I guess if you count tens, I think they count tens, right? Well, that's true. And that's the one thing in the Western League, they didn't count tens. So, uh-uh. yeah, Toporowski might have had something to say about that record. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another. Real, I'm sorry. That's the real record right there. Oh, Topper. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's something right there. Old Topper's record. Um, well, another large human that made his uh, rookie uh, debut in the Western Hockey League was uh, Skurlak and Kamloops. Yeah, Skurlak. Yeah, that was another one. Him and Purrington went out all the time. I never ended up going with him. He was interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it seemed like he'd be tough, and then I remember some average guys would fight him on our team, and they would do really good against him. So I didn't really know what to think of him fighting-wise. Maybe he got a lot better as he got older, but I really don't know a whole lot about him. Well, I, well, I know him and uh, him and Parker used to fight like it was their, you know, it, that was like Parker's nemesis, right? Like every game, those two would fight. Yeah, yeah, I was probably I was gone at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But another guy that got traded to Tri Cities that season, and uh, I know you guys said, and he talked about it in the interview that I had him on, and and I was talking to Terry Ryan about having you on the show, and he said the same thing: is Jer- you and Jeremy Thompson had a war. Yeah, we did. It was right in front of the bench, and yeah, it was toe to toe for sure. And he was throwing left, and I was throwing my right, and we're both throwing from the same side, which was kind of weird. I don't know. I can't remember. But I think I might have went switch left, but yeah, it was a it was a good one. I uh, I think I must have had about seven or eight Barney Rebels on my head. I'll tell you that. But yeah, it was uh, probably one of the better scraps I've had. It was with him. What? Yeah, in terms of just in, in your fights and stuff back then, it was just, I know it's kind of hard to say, but it was, was there any guy that you fought that you were like, 
not that you're like, oh, I'm going to drop, I, I, I'm going to kick the shit out of this guy. But it's like, was there anybody that you kind of, like, that caught you by surprise? That you kind of thought you were going to whip and then all of a sudden they up and, you know, they start drilling you and it's like, holy shit, this guy's, a little, you know, tougher than I thought he was going to be? Did anybody surprise you? Uh, no, I wouldn't say, no, not that I can remember. Maybe my 16-year-old year I fought this guy that was never fought and... He got he caught me so good on the nose, and my side of my nose was coming out the other side, of my, out the other side, and I broke my nose, and I was had to get a nose surgery and a nose cast and the whole thing. So that one surprised me because I didn't think I was I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, well, yeah, sitting in that nose cast, you start questioning a lot of your decision making at that point. <laughs> well, I remember one of the. Uh, one of our vets at the time, Alan Eglin, comes in the dressing room, looks at me, he goes, Butter, he goes, slow down, slow down. <laughs> I didn't listen. No, I was going to say, yeah, you didn't listen to the old vet, but, uh, um, well, like you said, the second year, um, you know, you go, you're back in, uh, in New York training camp the second year, did it, uh, I don't want to say did it get easier, but what, were you a little less... Did you feel like you belonged a little more, or does it still feel like out of body? Like, what am I doing here? No, you feel like you feel like you can. Yeah, you can hang. Like you, you know. Obviously, it's a notch up for speed wise. Obviously, and then, but then you realize, like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm this close. You know, like I can hang. You know, and doing the right things and doing just playing my game and the coaches and all that they were all great very positive with me and you know exit meetings were always really good i got a lot of positive feedback and and uh it was so you know they were they treated me pretty good like just keeping me keeping my head straight i guess you could say yeah yeah but uh, i remember my last exit meeting there um i'm walking out the door and the was it Burnett? I think it was Burnett at the time. He goes, uh, by the way, we're going to be watching your penalty minutes. <laughs> so then I knew at that point, okay, I know my role now <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, I mean, at that point, um, well, and like, well, and, and well, at this point also, not only uh, you go from the Tacoma Rockets to the Kelowna Rockets, were you, did you see that move happening? Like, did, were you kind of, were you shocked to hear that you're moving to Kelowna or was that kind of well-known knowledge that you guys were moving? I was a little surprised. I heard Dallas Thompson was telling me, you know, it's possible we might be moving. Da, da, da. I really didn't even think much of it. I was like, oh, no, no, it's not going to happen. Then you start hearing the papers that they can't come to an agreement and there's, they're not, you know, with the lease and what, whatever for playing there and, there was a bit of a war going on. That's all about money, right? In the end, and and then yeah, and then all of a sudden I hear we're moving to Kelowna. I'm like, whoa, okay. I wasn't expecting that, you know. And I was, I guess, like you all say, I was a little bummed out because I'd been there in Kelowna three years, and I was kind of really liking it and kind of getting to know people and just kind of felt comfortable there, you know. And yeah, and uh, but you know, that's just the nature of the game. You, you could, you're up and moving a second. Yeah. Kelowna's a pretty nice town, though. I dig Kelowna. I mean, you could, there's definitely worse places you guys could have ended up, for sure. Oh, a great town. Um, 
we had a crappy barn that year, but, oh, but yeah, it was a down. Uh, it took a while for the fans to kind of catch on, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd heard some rumors that I, I could be totally wrong on this, but it, when the junior A team, tier two team left, there was some, uh, I guess there was some bad blood with something or that and a lot of upset people, I guess. So I think it took a little while for, you know, a WHL team to be accepted there. It seemed like that first year, Yeah. you know, but you know, and we, so it was like, we're kind of new, you know, we didn't know anyone and we just kind of played hockey and that was about it. Yeah. And well, yeah. And like you said, that, that old rink with that one back wall, like there's no boards. It's just like a wall. It's just like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and then, and the thing is with you guys though, and of course, Cologne over the years, not just this year, but going forward, would just load up on tough dudes and massive, like definitely played, played to the, played to the rink. We'll put it that way. Um, cause of course, Two of the rookies that that now join the Kelowna Rockets are Scott Parker and Todd Fedoric. Yeah, and, and well, so you see these two humans walk in, and uh, for those that haven't listened, of course, Scott Parker was just on Spitting Chiglets this past week, and he talks about a training camp fight in which you broke his nose. Um, what was your first impressions of Scott Parker when that guy walked in? Oh, it's kind of a funny story, so. Me and Perrington were sitting in the training room, just kind of chilling out before our inner squad game, and just kind of chilling out. Parker walks in, and he's looking around, you know, big guy. I don't know, he just he acted right off the bat like he belonged there. And he walks out, and I look over at Perrington, and I go, "What was that?" Perrington's like, "I don't know, man." I go, "What is this? Uh, what's the, what's the scoop on this guy, right?" And then. Uh, well, as we know now, and uh, yeah, we ended up going in training camp. I he was young, and and you know he wasn't. I think he only been in a couple scraps, and and uh, I think they they brought him in for a reason to maybe groom him to be you know the tough guy. And and uh, I was like, well, not on my watch, you know. I'm I'm the old vet, right? I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna let this young guy come in and think he's gonna take over, right? So I don't know. I kept asking him to go, asking him to go in the game, and he wouldn't go me. And then uh, the story goes, I guess my buddy Marty Fuckle said that Hamilton came down and said, basically, grab your balls. You're not making this team. So we went out the next shift, and he, we squared up, and he squares up. And then, I mean, I'm 5'11", on a, you know, and he's he squares up, and he's like, let's fucking go. And I see these mitts on him, and he looked like bear paws to me. And I was like, oh, shit, Butter, what'd you get yourself into, you know? So uh, we came in, and he was doing pretty good. He was, he was tagging me. We're, I was tagging him. And here again, he was just learning, and uh, he just kind of put his head down, and I came up with an uppercut, and that's when I, I broke his nose. And and uh, and then, you know, he made the team, and the rest is history. You know, we we worked – I worked with him a bit after practices that year a bit and uh, tried to – mentor him a bit and had a lot of respect for him you know he his first year i think he's a little frustrated and he's a little down on himself a bit you know because he's just learning and stuff and and uh so i'm glad i got to work with him a bit and and he uh and i had to well parenting got traded and i stopped at christmas because i semi-retired and then uh 
and then he took over him and Fedora. Well, more him and then Fedoric as well. You know, they both, both, uh, both two tough guys. Funny story about them is <laughs> they were buddies and they brought me in for playoffs. We're going and trying to come in the dressing room and all of a sudden I see, uh, Fedora with like a couple black guys all banged up. I'm like, what happened to you? And I guess they got into it in the dressing room and <laughs> Parker popped them. I was like, man, we're in playoffs and he's already hurt <laughs> from a dressing room incident. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, well, and then, of course, the next year, like, Millette shows up and it's just like, holy shit, right? Like, just, yeah, but, like, you read, well, you must have mentored him well because the following year, of course, Parker, you know, goes on that, well, those next two years, goes on a tear and it's like, I mean, I've, I've got the junior footage and I, I tell everybody, it's like, in terms of junior hot, I've never seen anybody do what he did in junior, like that second and third year, he was murdering guys. Like he yeah. <laughs> changed his number to 44 and grew the hair out. And next thing you know, he's like just killing dudes. It's like, holy shit. You know? Yeah. I didn't really know. Cause you know, back then there wasn't a lot of, I was, you know, I was, wasn't playing at that time anymore. And then I talked to Flickle and he's like, man, Parker's a killer now. And I'm like, Oh really? I go, well, good, good. <laughs> but I have funny stories. When I came in for playoffs, we're playing try, and Lankow was there. And he lit us up one game, and uh, Como had gotten fired, and, and uh, Alan Kerr filled in as head coach. And we game got a hand. We're not winning. There's like a minute left. They score, and Alan Kerr sends me, Fedoric, Parker, and a couple other D-men. They're you know fairly tough, and he said, "Send a message." Well, there's the green light, right? So. The puck drops. We all three of us drop the mitts and grab our guy, and they all turtled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's pretty scary up front end there, if you ask me. With those two, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't really blame them. Yeah, but I was gonna say, could you imagine if a coach did that now? Holy shit, they'd ban him for life now. Like if you did that. Uh, I, oh, exactly, exactly. Um, well, you've mentioned it a couple times, and I mean, obviously, you've got to bring it up. And unfortunately, your your injury. Um, you played twenty seven games, and like you said, you were done at Christmas. You came back for the five in the playoffs. But what actually happened there? And because uh, because after this, you didn't even play in your twenty year old year. How? Yeah, what happened? No, and how frustrating was, was that? It was frustrating. I just, I guess, at that point after playoffs, I, I as uh, me and my. Uh, uh, ex-wife now but uh we had a kid together and uh i guess i just decided that you know i was had some bad back injuries and it you know was starting to take a toll at a, a bit and so i said uh you know maybe i'll just pack it in and be the family man you know type thing so it was a very tough transition let's put it that way you know going to you know i had a job that wasn't paying much money and you know, and then watching Hockey Night in Canada and seeing Parker, you know, or years later seeing him square off at center ice. And I'm like, oh, man, I miss it so much. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a little tough transition, but I don't regret it. You know, it was just back injuries, bad. I, well, I don't know, about seven years ago, I ended up having to get a fusion surgery. So, you know, I think it's all from – I just think it's because I hit, I hit a lot. I, I – uh, probably was a better hitter than I was a fighter, but I don't think I was just 
uh, it just took a toll on my body because I wasn't, you know, the biggest guy in the world. So it just kind of took a toll on my back. Yeah. No. Well, and like you said, you 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 missed your twenty year old year. You have the kid. You're kind of sitting there and you're just hanging out. And but all of a sudden, uh, ninety seven, ninety eight comes, and uh, the Tacoma SaberCats in the West West Coast Hockey League. You end up down there, back in Tacoma, uh, playing pro. Uh, how did you end up on the SaberCats, and uh, how did that all turn out? How how that all come about? Well. I think I hadn't played in around a year and a half and I wasn't thinking I was going to play again. And then, yeah, the team came to town and my wheels got turning, you know, and I, I was missing playing, you know, I was missing just the boys and the camaraderie, you know, and all that. And I was really missing that a lot. So I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm on a tryout for this team. So I ended up getting hold of the coach GM and, uh, kind of told him about my history and he says okay well come to training camps we'll see how it goes you know no guarantees so i went to training camp and had a pretty good training camp and uh they signed me and i was you know pretty happy about that i already started my landscaping business at the time um so i was kind of juggling both which was kind of hard but <laughs> it uh it worked out and I, you know i had a lot of fun that year i learned you know got to play with Duncan, you know, we hated each other, but then we became best buds and, you know, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. You know, we were a good team as well. We made it the finals against San Diego. We lost out, you know, the following year, I was kind of a, more of a part-time player that year. And, uh, we ended up winning the championship. So that was, that was good. That was nice. So, so that was fun. And then, then I packed it in again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we just glaze over that, I got there's a few names I got to throw at you here. The West Coast League, because of course, you played 50 games, you had 24 points, 100 minutes, so you did some scrapping. And, um, yeah, the, the, well, and the league's pretty, pretty wild that year. And like you said, you had a real solid team. Um, but, and of course, in the, uh, in, in your division was Anchorage, Idaho, and Reno. Um, and one of the characters on the Anchorage team for at least 11 games that year, was the infamous Link Gates. Did you play against Gates? Oh, yeah. I did. Um, we we opened the season against them, and I was like, holy shit, Link Gates, really? You know, I'd, I was obsessed with watching VHS hockey fight tapes, and I remember seeing him against Probert. You know, that was a good goal, and I'm like, holy shit, okay. You know, and then <laughs> playing against them, we're coming behind the net, and uh, I'm going to finish my check on him. And all of a sudden, I get an elbow right to the chops. Like, I'm stunned. I'm like, boo. And then we're skating back, I'm skating back up the ice. And we're way behind the play. And he's like, hey, you little fuck. I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm like, turn around. I'm like, all right. I'll, I'll drop him with him. And then Ray is a, just <laughs> took me a while, a while to decide. Let's put it that way. And then I was getting ready to drop the mitts. And. The lineys came in, so maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, then, uh, another... he, he was crazy. Like, he was, he had, he was a bad off ice stuff up there, too. It was, I was hearing some, some horror stories, let's put it that way. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, like I mean, the the number of guys you have, you know, everybody seems to have a Link Gates story, and I mean, yeah, obviously he didn't last there long, and uh, actually I think Wade Brookbank was his replacement. That's how he ended up there. But um, yeah. well, another uh, another character on that team that you ended up playing with the next year uh, was Chad Richard. There's another large human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and him hung out a bit. He's a, he's a character that's for sure. Great guy off the ice, but yeah, he's a. Yeah, he was a he's a funny guy. He's uh he knew his role and he didn't care. <laughs> yeah, well there was a yeah, a bunch of like they had LaForge and Jason Schmier and Jason Gibson and uh you know Richard like yeah, it seemed like uh yeah, you're rolling with Anchorage. Yeah, you were going to be in one for sure. Yeah, I think with Brookbank, he, I think he just came up. He was just I think he came from tier 2. Me and him had it. Me and him went at it off the face off there and up in Anchorage. But yeah, he ended up being pretty tough himself. Yes, he was. Yeah, he played Melville in the SJHL, and yeah, it definitely took the long road to the NHL. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, when I had him on the show, he told me yeah, he was brought in. Podubny brought him in to, after Gates got the boot. But uh, of course, as as you mentioned, you were in the final, and you guys lost the final to to San Diego. Uh, coached by Steve Martinson, who uh, you know, will we'll, that name will come up uh, in a in a little bit here again. But um, one of the characters on San Diego was Chad Wagner. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, me and him went out twice in one game. Me and him did. That guy's, uh, yeah, he's he's crazy. He. Uh, it's, we're we're out, we're done our second fight, and he just goes, "We're going again, we're going again." I'm like, "Holy crap, two isn't enough." All right, <laughs> we never end up going the third time, but yeah. And he, you know, we were down in San Diego too, and and it was after the game, and all there's this one bar all the both teams would go to, and Wagner tried to fight me in the bar for some reason, for no reason. I thought that was a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, uh, Cox players don't want to do that kind of stuff you know outside of the you know the ice so i couldn't i couldn't quite figure that one out yeah well i mean you know there's a you know i've heard he's a bit of a different dude um yeah but he played he played in san diego for a long time man he wasn't put up some penalty minutes and then of course he uh you know was out of hockey for a little while and then i know the danbury trashers brought him in for a game and he ended up getting banned for life from the united league for attacking a coach and you know um yeah, believe it. Yeah, yeah. There's some stories of that guy, but yeah, I've seen some of the video from San Diego, and uh, yeah, he was definitely a fan favorite there. Um, well, like you said, yeah, uh, Tacoma had a really uh, well. And there's another one I, I forgot to mention. Uh, you actually scored was it was the first goal in team in Tacoma SaberCats history. I was reading in the on the uh, in the article about you. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, I did know at the time, but then they gave me some award at the end of the year. I didn't even realize it, I guess. <laughs> didn't even pay attention to it. But it was a greasy goal. I was going to the net hard, and I kind of fell, and I just kind of barely got a stick on it. It just was like a, you know, a Jamie Buck goal, greasy goal. <laughs> uh, you know, they don't ask you how. It's just how many, right? So, you know, just put yeah. it in. That's all that matters. Um mm-hmm. Well, like you said, the the following year you're back in Tacoma, and uh, you know you're part time there, and again, really strong team. Uh, you know, you guys end up actually winning it, like you said. Um, 
just a couple more names before we kind of wrap up. But I mean, you know, some legendary minor league names that, you know, in terms of tough guys that I kind of have to ask you about. Of course, Colorado joined the league, the Gold Kings, and uh, Jason Simon was on the team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you have any run-ins with him? No, I never did with him, but I do remember him. Um, we really didn't have too overly tough of a team, so we, we didn't have a lot of scraps. You know, um, Duncan kind of, I think, decided at that point he wasn't really wanting to fight anymore. His, his shoulders were all tore up, and he blew out his shoulder in a fight against Wagner, actually. And uh, and I always kind of, you know, me scrapping, and then, well, Richard's there. And then uh, another guy named Jimmy Gattoli, that probably maybe many people didn't hear of, but he was a gamer. You know, he would fight a lot, too. And, but we really didn't have, like, that much of a tough team. You know, the coach didn't really like that kind of style. He was more of a college guy, finesse type coach type thing so he didn't really he didn't really load up on a whole lot of toughness so yeah and then it's like well and then again and then of course fresno's in the league this time and of course two characters on there uh that had legendary minor league careers of course greg spenrath and jacques mayotte yeah i remember Spen spenner and uh never got mixed up with him either and he was you know i think he was in the, I think maybe he'd been gone in the WHL by the time I got there. I know he played in the dub, and I'd heard heard many stories about him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then of course in Bakersfield they had Zerba. Did you ever run into Peter Zerba? No, never did with him. I actually don't even remember him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so like you said, at this point you're you're kind of the part time player. You played you know the twenty some game twenty five games was. Um, was that it? Were you were you satisfied? You were kind of you kind of got it out of your system, or, and you were done, or um, or how well, about- I I had the best gig though ever. I had I got to, I played like every home game. I didn't even have to go on the road. <laughs> so That's- that was that was nice. <laughs> and get a little paycheck at the same time. But after the season, yeah, I don't know. Here again, I decided to be a family man again, and maybe just kind of. I still, you know, my landscape build was kind of going a bit. So I, I guess I was thinking more long term than short term at the time. I figured my uh, kick at the can was over with. You know, I, I kept playing. It was just because I loved the game, you know, type thing. And then another year went by, and then the new coach came in. They actually asked to sign me, and I didn't up signing because I was kind of building my business at the time and. And then, yeah, and that's it. Beer League, here I come. There you go. Um, well, fast forward, and, uh, you know, like you said, the family that you were growing, and, and uh, you know, uh, all these years later, uh, your son Dawson, of course, ends up in the, playing uh, for Everett in the Western Hockey League. Um, how how rewarding has it been to see his his journey through the Western League, and of course he played in the East Coast League in Allen this past season with Steve Martinson as his coach. Um, yeah. How how uh, what was it like to be on the other side of the glass watching watching the kid play? I loved it. It was probably like my most favorite thing to do. You know, we we had a lot of hard miles there before he got to the dub. I mean, we uh, kind of live you know far away from 
the team he played for, we'd be traveling an hour or so just for practice and just had a lot of car time, a lot of travel. You know, we'd be going up to BC during the week days to play and, you know, it was a grind for us. He, you know, we put in a lot of time and effort. I coached him for, I coached my son for about eight years and then I, you know, I stepped aside because, you know, you can't have a dad as your coach his whole time. So I stepped aside and, and Peewee, I believe. And, and, uh, and then, yeah, I, I got, I do, I get a lot of enjoyment, but I tell you what though, when he squares up though, I get nervous as shit though. <laughs> I just like, I just freeze like a robot there. And I just like, like, come on, come on, just, just do good. Just do good. <laughs> what is, I, I, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, people, oh, you're just living for your son. You know, I'm, no, I already lived it. You know, I go, I just really enjoy watching my son play hockey. And, you know, it's, it does. It sometimes it feels like it's me out there because he, he pretty much, for the most part, plays exactly the same way as I did, you know. And and uh, I got a lot of enjoyment watch, watching him play hockey for sure, especially at a high level in the dub, you know. And, you know, they had a pretty good fan base, you know. We get some big crowds sometimes. And, it was, uh, I was very fortunate, you know, a lot of parents send their kid off in junior and, you know, like mine, I lived in, they lived in Sherr Park and I'm down in Tacoma, you know, I got lucky. I was only an hour or so away from watching my son play in the dub, which I was, I was very fortunate for that, you know, and it was, it was nice. So, well, and like, um, you, said, well, and like you said, and of course now it's the internet age too, right? So if you're on the road, you can watch it on the computer and. I mean, you get to see everything now. I mean, back back when you were playing, yeah. If, if, if they didn't, if you weren't there live, you weren't seeing it. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a good time. I my uh, can I give a little plug here? Absolutely. Uh, one of my good friends, Tom Sprague, he played for the Thunderbirds. Uh, oh. I played in the coast for, coast for a bit, and he uh, he owns a hockey restaurant bar up in Linwood, and so I. You know, if Dawson had some games over the weekend, I'd go up there and hang with him at his restaurant, and and we'd go watch the games together. We pretty much me and him would go to every game, watch Dawson play, and you know, and that was like it was like the perfect storm. You know, good buddy, good food, good restaurant. You know, get to watch some good hockey. So if anyone uh, is in the Linwood area, Moonshine Barbecue, great food, great barbecue joint, great owner, great staff. They're uh, if you, it's uh, the bar is kind of themed after tough guys, so there's a lot of really good memorabilia in there, and uh, it's like it's it's a, a tough guy bar, I guess you could say. So, uh, yeah, if anyone's there, Moonshine Barbecue. <laughs> I dig it, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds like right up my wheelhouse. Uh, I have to get him on the show. He might have a few stories to tell. Oh gosh. Every time we we get together, we got new stories for each other. <laughs> but yeah, he's got plenty. That's for sure. Well, you said it's interesting. I, you, like you said, when Dawson squares up, and he did. He did some fair amount of fighting in the Western League. Um, um, did, was it growing up? Like you said, when you're coaching, I and mean, he does play like you and everything else. And it's interesting because you know at the start of this interview, you were also saying how you kind of got pigeonholed into that and, and you kind of didn't, did you ever kind of, did you ever kind of try to discourage him from fighting or is it just like, you're going to let him find his way and, you know, uh, I guess like my advice was, yeah, don't be a donkey. Like I was just, 
pick and choose your times. Don't, you know, if you feel the times right, you know, getting your five ten tilt a year, you know, and just but pick and choose your times. And, and yeah, I said, just, yeah, you don't need to go overboard, but so, you know, but that, that time that there wasn't, there's not a ton of fighting in the dub, but you know, but you know, for the amount of fights you got in a year, it's kind of like considered a lot now, but you know, yeah, I just, I let him do his thing, you know, he had good coaching and stuff like that, so I just kind of stayed out of it for the most part. I mean, I we talk a lot about you know after a game, we just talk about stuff like that and whatnot. But for the most part, yeah, I just let him do his thing. Yeah, was there? Um, yeah, did you ever kind of uh, you know pull him aside and it's like, well, okay, you know, because obviously you know you can tell with the way he's playing and whatever, he's going to be into some fights and stuff. Do you ever like? Here, I gotta show you. I gotta show you a few tricks of the trade. Oh yeah, I worked with him a bit, and I think he uses some of my techniques, you know, a bit. And uh, I did work with him a bit on stuff and showed him some of my moves and stuff like that. And he kind of used them a lot. And then he kind of got lucky this year. You, everyone will know this name uh, when he was down in Allen there. Uh, uh, Jeremy Oblonsky came out and worked with him and uh, Darian Skioch there a couple times so he he learned some tricks from uh Yablonsky as well yeah i was guess that's, that's a pretty good guy to learn tricks from too yeah yeah great good guy too he's really he's very very positive with the guys and he, dawson loved them he's, he's you know they, i think they still talk a little bit to this day but um yeah i'm, I'm actually trying to get uh yabo on the show here pretty soon but uh, and skiho is coming on the show here uh, right away, I saw him at the Ice Wars fight tournament there last a uh, couple weekends ago. So uh, in Edmonton, so hopefully I can get him on the show before uh, before he heads down to camp here in September. But uh, did well, he do it? No, he wanted to do it. No, he didn't go in it. He said his agent wouldn't let him, but <laughs> but he wanted to do it. But they're like, no. <laughs> but uh, he was yeah. just he was there. With, uh, his friend was in it, so he was kind of doing the corner thing. But. Uh, um, Oh, now I got thrown off with what I was going to ask. Oh, just uh, in terms of watching Dawson make you know take his journey through the through Everett through the Western Hockey League, and you, like you said, you kind of you know you had your journey and stuff. What were kind of the uh, you know obviously what were the differences uh, did you, that you noticed from the Western League? Obviously, it's a the mindset of hockey is different now, and times have changed and stuff. But um, did you did you find anything? Uh, glaringly different from from his journey from yours. Um, I would just say more just the style of hockey. You know, um, I always said my son's twenty years too late. You know, yeah, the way he played, and uh, you know he he. I always told him I said the best times you had, and the best hockey you ever you had, the funnest playing is, is junior. And you know when you. When you get into the coast, it's it is a little different vibe, you know. A lot of players are coming in and out, and and uh, you know, there's maybe not as much team camaraderie because there's so many guys coming in and out. So, I think that would probably be the biggest difference that I noticed. You know, with with Dawson would agree with that as well. Yeah, well, and like you said, right? Some guys are older and you know got families and stuff, and it, yeah, not everyone you know not everyone's just going to high school and stuff anymore. Now you're playing with men and. Yeah, jobs are on the line, and yeah, it's a whole different vibe at that point, I would assume. But uh, 
Well, not only, uh, well, and like we mentioned, of course, uh, Steve Martinson's coach in there, of course, um, I mean, I would think Martinson would, would dig Dawson's style of play. Did you, did you get a chance when you were down there to, did you talk to Martinson at all and relive some San Diego Gull days? <laughs> well, I talked because I was kind of acting as Dawson's agent, I guess you could say. So I talked to Marty quite a bit, uh, before Dawson headed down there and, uh, you know, had some conversations with him. And then I, when I went down to their home opener weekend, I, he told me to come down. We went, went down to, uh, went and talked to him for a little bit and just kind of, yeah, we talked about the old days <laughs> a bit. So he, he remembered me and, and stuff like that. And we just kind of bullshitted for a bit, you know, really good guy, old school, which I like, you know, so, but yeah, it was, uh, he's a good guy. He's, I think he's retiring or whatever, but I guess he's not going to be there next year or this year. So, yeah, he's been doing it a long time. So, yeah, that's uh, he's had some very great... long time. Yeah, and I was always, I guess, you know, I guess he just found his niche in the minors because he had some great success. I mean, I don't know how many championships and how many different levels that guy won. I was always surprised he didn't, you know, go up in the American League as a coach. But I guess maybe he found his groove where he liked it, and you know, coaching's tough, right? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I agree with that. I think he just kind of liked where that's was what he liked, you know, that kind of level. Maybe he thought it'd be different up in the A or whatnot, but yeah, I think he just kind of probably liked coaching at that that level. That was his thing. So yeah, well, because you probably you know you're in full control, right? You can it's your show and you bring it in who you want and get rid of who you want. Maybe at the American League level, you're sort of at the mercy of the parent team and and that sort of thing. But um, well, here I got one question for you. If uh, 18-year-old Jamie Butt goes into the corner with 18-year-old Dawson Butt and you drop the gloves, who's winning? <laughs> uh, we always talk about this. I think I, I come out on top. He's going to really be pissed I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at the killers dad fought. I think he's got the he's got the experience on you. Yeah, um, that's the, the experience. <laughs> Well, there we go. Uh, well, what are Dawson's plans this year? What, what's he going to be doing? Uh, funny say we had dinner last night. We're kind of talking about it. he's got he's kind of going over some options right now. So just kind of waiting to see what happens right now. So right now, not there's nothing set. It's just kind of waiting and seeing a little bit. He's got some ideas and whatnot. So we'll wait and see what uh, kind of comes up type thing. So he's got some options. You know, think about using his schooling money from the dub and, you know, and stuff like that. So I don't know. There's a, there's a, he's got options that he's, he's, he's having a hard time making the decision. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Which, which I can understand, you know. Well, at that point it's tough, right? Cause you, I mean, you, you know, it's the, everybody wants to be pro, right? Play, play pro, pro hockey. But at the same time, like you said, right, it's kind of tough to leave that school money sitting there. You know, and uh, yeah. you know, in this day yeah. and age, so yeah, I could definitely see that uh, be a bit of a conundrum for sure. Yeah, so yeah, he's just trying to figure things out. I said, "Well, you better hurry up; it's getting close." <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. There's the uh, the hockey crew of Jamie Butt, and uh, and uh, I want to really thank you for coming on the show. But before we go, one last thing I wanted to talk about. We kind of talked about it briefly off the air, but. Uh, uh, people listening probably don't probably maybe don't realize um, you're you're a hell of a poker player. You're pretty. Uh, you've had some pretty good showings at the World Series of Poker. 
Yeah, I got into it pretty heavy there in the mid two thousands and during the big boom, yeah. It, yeah, I took it pretty serious and played in the main event a couple times and did did really good there the one in two thousand five and they got another cash and then I kinda um kind of got away from it because I started like, you know, I had my business and, and coaching my son and you're so busy. You can't be sitting at a poker table eight hours a day, you know? So I gave it up for a while, but I'm making my big comeback now. So I've been starting to play again and went down to Vegas recently and played in some tournaments and stuff. And so I'm kind of getting back into it. Yeah. I was telling Jamie off the air. I said, Oh man, you'd be a hero if you reached across that table and popped Helmuth one time. I think you'd be internet legend if you did that. <laughs> I was like, I was hoping you'd chirp me so I could uh, just give it to him. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything physically, but I wouldn't put up with this crap. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, as far as uh, like, yeah, I mean, have you sat and played against like Negreanu and Phil Ivy and those guys? You've been at the same table. Um. So when I the year I did really well. Ivy, we never end up at the same table. Uh, he was next to me. Um, the only big names I played at the same table with would be like Mike Matisell, Raymer, who won the whole thing one year. And then, you know, some guys, some other guys, you know, that were considered pros at the time. But that would probably be the two big ones that I played against. Oh, and then the guy that won it that year was named Hashem. I played at the table with him as well. Um, well, on the ground, but well, I that was a fun ride. I'll put that. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what was your best fifty fourth? Was that yeah? The, yeah, I think there was like something like fifty six hundred that year. Well, I saw like that. Yeah, it was a pretty good chunk of change you picked up for that one too. That was nice. Um, yeah, as far as well, in the Granu, they're you know fellow Canadian, and uh, you know I think he's part owner of the Knights, and, uh, and he's a big hockey guy. Have you ever like? Does he know you? Have you ever talked off away away from the poker room with him? No, I met him real briefly, just kind of you know saying, "Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you." And that was about it. That year, I think he—I don't know when he went out, but he went out quite a while before I did. So I never really got at a table with him or anything. But yeah, I just kind of quick little high was about basically it. But very nice guy. He, you know, very humble. Very uh, he just. He's a good guy, good person. You know, that year, like, there's some guy that was like, uh, you know, I think he had terminal cancer or something. The guy came and Negrano took him to dinner, hung out with him all day, and that made that kid's day for sure. Yeah, I've heard, uh, yeah, I've heard a few stories about him being a good dude. Um, yeah, man. Well, there you go. You World Series, you're making the comeback. And uh, when you were down there, what, what's the big poker room? Is it the Bellagio? Is that where the big, all the action is? Yeah, there's the Bellagio, the Venetian. There's a bunch of them now, you know. Uh, the Wynn, I believe. Um, there's there's a lot of big poker rooms down there now. But, yeah, I'd say Bellagio is one of the big ones. Venetian's a pretty big one now, too. So, I'm a, I'm a terrible poker player. I mean, I, I try to get into it, but it's hard when they, it's not like TV. They don't let you see the other people's hands. It's not. It's, it's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <right. laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, man, I will. Uh, I, I I won't keep you any longer. We've uh, we've talked for quite a while here. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, for uh, taking the time to sit down and uh, go over your career and go down memory lane with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me.
Excellent. All right, man. I'll let you go, but uh, thank you once again. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Take care. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 